Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the Mr. Beacon podcast. This week, we're going to be focusing on a $9.5 trillion market According to the World Health Organization, that's how big the healthcare market is. It represents about 11% of the global gross domestic product. Uh, and within that, the IoT market is uh, $127 billion of spend in 2023. And it's uh, due to more than double by 2028. So that's uh, an amazing target to focus on. We're going to be talking to one of the, the best entrepreneurs I know in this space. His name's Jerry Pollitt. He is the CEO and founder of Blyot, based over in Europe, um, lives in Belgium, customers around the world. He's been on the podcast before, but I think you'll find the update really interesting. Blyot have got some new beacons and tags out. They've been growing their business. So we'll talk about some of the use cases that are really getting traction. So if you're a solution architect or you just want to see where IoT is moving, then I think there's uh, something for everyone here. You'll hear about the business, you'll hear about the, the technology, you'll hear, hear a bit of gossip, you'll get his advice on where to focus and where the growth is coming from. So enjoy the conversation. The Mr. Beacon Ambient IoT Podcast is sponsored by Williot, bringing intelligence to every single thing. So, Jerry, welcome back to the podcast. Steve, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. Likewise, likewise. Uh, I, I prefer it when we do it in person. Uh, you and I have uh, enjoyed uh, some really good meals together when I've been uh, over in Belgium, where you're based at least some of the time. Um, so I wanted to get you back on the show because you fairly recently announced a, uh, a Bluetooth tag, which is very thin and uh, quite low cost. And uh, obviously, this yeah. podcast has meandered over the years, and it's about IoT, it's about Bluetooth beacons. But, but really, the thing that captures my imagination is ambient Internet of Things. I think you know, you've definitely done some great pioneering work with, uh, you know, going back to my day, day job in the past with uh, Williot, and now you've got this uh, this new um, cool-looking bit of hardware. So I want to give you a chance to tell us about that and uh, ask you about it. And, you know, you are one of the quintessential entrepreneurs in this space. 
And I want to pick your brains about uh, this area that you've focused on, healthcare, what you're seeing the trends are, what are the use cases, um, and uh, just kind of get an update on your company, Blyot, which uh, um, I think has been doing some really good work over the years. So uh, maybe we should start off by allowing you to spend a moment or two just in, for people that haven't watched your last visit, uh, which was back in 2022. It seems like a age ago, but um, uh, tell uh, tell people that don't know Blyot what Blyot is and, uh, and what you do. Sure, uh, happy to, to tell you. Maybe a bit uh, background. It was uh, 2019 and I was asked, it was more a consultative job for a hospital to help them find the right uh, asset tracking uh, technology. So uh, we looked at several technologies going from RFID, Wi-Fi, ultra wideband, uh, Li-Fi, and also Bluetooth. We spoke with uh, several uh, manufacturers uh, and I went back to them with, um, with the conclusion. I said, you definitely have to go uh, for Bluetooth. Uh, because what we saw at that time is that more and more uh, Wi-Fi access point uh, manufacturers were integrating Bluetooth into their uh, access point, which means that if you deploy such an infrastructure, in for instance a hospital, you did not you did not need to buy any other uh, infrastructure. Um, so I said you you definitely have to 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 go for Bluetooth. And secondly, uh, I'm very interested in building a startup. Uh, around it because we had at that time we looked at several solutions but they are quite expensive and, and and difficult to set up where we saw a clear trend to build everything immediately in the cloud so the idea was simple a bluetooth tax on beds for instance these tags are being picked up by the existing wi-fi access points with built in bluetooth everything streamed to the internet and from there build web tools, but also REST APIs to integrate with other applications in order to make it easier for nurses, for instance, to find a certain uh, equipment. So that's how Blyot started. We started developing in the summer of 2019. We went live with the very first uh, version of the product in by the end of that year. And since that time, we have been, uh, we are deployed in dozens of hospitals no longer only in Belgium, but also in other countries. We have clients in in Canada and and and, and Australia and in, in Chile, not the other side in Russia. Unfortunately, we're not allowed to sell there. Um, but Northern Europe, so we are a bit everywhere now, uh, with a clear focus on on healthcare. Because um, when you look at healthcare, uh, the ROE is quite easy to uh, to explain. If you look at a typical hospital of uh, 500 beds, on average, they have 10 moving assets per bed. Uh, so think about a pump, a uh, bladder scanner, uh, things like that, with an average value of 4,000 euros uh, per asset. So the cost of the asset is quite high. So if you put a tack on it at the time of 10, 20 euros, they, nah, it was not a problem to do that. Um, and so on one side, the assets are quite expensive, and on the other side, uh, you could clearly show where the uh, profits could be made by reducing search time, by reducing uh, loss of equipment, uh, increasing uh, process flows, etc. So if you ask me, hey, where, where did you came from and where is the, uh, the industry heading to? 
in in first instance it was really okay where is this asset can you help me uh, finding it uh, i see two clear uh, directions right now it's uh, one of them is what we call big location data we have some hospitals who deployed yeah, over 10,000 of uh, these uh, tags on, on equipment. So you are sitting on a lot of data. Uh, so you can help them, for instance, uh, show how uh, assets are being utilized. So if, if they want to replace them, yeah, do they need to buy as many as before or can it be less? Very important also in the, the strategy when it comes to sustainability sustainability and um, yeah, recycling of stuff. So that's one uh, very clear direction. The other direction we see is that it's no longer only about uh, asset tracking, but also about uh, sensing uh, information. And the good thing is mm -hmm. what you see happening right now is that you have more and more uh, yeah, Bluetooth text technology coming out with all kinds of sensors built in, going over air quality, I uh, just got recently one that this has a built-in radar. So you can even measure the orbit of a patient uh, by just putting a, a tag on the ceiling up over the bed. So it's going to be a tremendous evolution the coming years, I think, in, in, in healthcare because of this technology, which is easy to implement uh, and quite inexpensive. I mean, you're not alone in targeting healthcare. I think it's the smart place to focus on and... As a result, lots of people are focusing on it. You, you know, over here, there's like Stanley Healthcare and uh, there's a ton of uh, uh, folks. How do you, how do you differentiate? Is it your regional focus or what, what, what are the things that you um, focus on in order to compete in this uh, very competitive space? So standard, uh, we'll now use one of my standard sales uh, pitches uh, slides. Uh, what I always say when we try to differentiate is the fact that uh, our solution is quite easy to implement because we try to use the existing infrastructure. So we support mm -hmm. all major vendors out there like uh, Aruba, Mist, Cisco, uh, Juniper, uh, Fortinet, uh, name it. So that's one of the things uh, we try to differentiate and make sure that, guys, if you have the right infrastructure in place, don't worry, we will try to reuse it as, as, as much as possible. Uh, the second thing is it's purely cloud-based. So uh, you just uh, connect your uh, Wi-Fi network to our cloud and, and, and that's it. So very easy to uh, fully cloud-based. The third component is what we call the big, uh, big location data. So we work together with uh, SAS analytics on that. It's really to, yeah, what can we learn about all these uh, movements of assets uh, inside the hospital. The third advantage is, is that we, we offer a pay-as-you-grow model, so it's a very small yeah, hurdle to, to step in and start using the solution. The solution. And who is typically the buyer uh, when you're engaging with these uh, hospitals? Yeah, there are several personas, and it's a challenge because very often, and I will give you a few examples, if you, you sell the solution to, to one persona, you solve his problem, uh, and that's okay, but not the problem of the rest of the organization, which means that maybe you will tag only the bets because he's responsible for the maintenance of the bets. You did not solve the, the problem of the, uh, the nursing uh, director who was looking to decrease the stress on, on, on the nursing stuff. 
So in general, um, we are talking to, uh, let's say, the, the guy responsible for the biomedical equipment, because um, he's responsible for doing the maintenance of all type of things, and we can, of course, help him decrease the uh, search time. The second persona we try to talk to is the head of nursing staff. The third one is the uh, logistics uh, director. And the fourth one is the, uh, let's say, the CFO, where you can show with uh, with ROE studies uh, what they can expect to realize in, in savings. Uh, the one persona we always try to avoid uh, is the, uh, the ICT director or the CIO. Because very no. often they're too busy and they don't really know the, the the problem on the floor. So they say, either they say we we don't not, we don't need that or we don't uh, have time to to implement it. Yeah. Uh, but what we see happening now is that um, because of this whole ESG uh, strategy, uh, ecology, sustainability, uh, governance, mm -hmm. is that um, it's now really. Uh, appealing what you're offering to the, the, the C-level, to the CEO, um, to show how these kind of technologies can help them reach their sustainability goals. And how can you explain how that works? What's the link between ESG and uh, what you're doing? Well, there are several rules. Eh? Uh, if you look at the social part, it's just by decreasing the stress on employees by making sure they, they, they have less time to uh, time to search. That, that's one of them, yeah. is social. Uh, the one we are focusing on really is about uh, circular economy. Right? You have 100 pumps, but do you really need uh, 100 pumps? So let's look how, how often uh, they are being used. So in, if you need to replace them, maybe you only need 80 of them. So this kind of thing. Then in, in return can decrease the CO2 uh, footprint, etc. But it's still, to be very honest, a uh, very early phase uh, as part of the... Uh, the pitch we are bringing, but we feel it's currently on every healthcare organization's uh, agenda. Um, and we don't bring the solution if we're only a little part of the solution. What are your thoughts on the ambient IoT opportunities? Because what you've described to me is, is very sensible. It's the classic internet of expensive things. Hey, you've hospital, you've got hundreds of these expensive uh, infusion pumps. Maybe you could have 25% uh, less and uh, have more efficient uh, use of them, less trying to find them. But what about you know the consumable things, the uh, the leg braces, the knee braces, the uh, the medicine, the uh, packs of bandages? Is 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 that a real opportunity, or am I just um, eating my own dog food? To use an American expression of uh, Believing my own uh, um, kind of the things I want to believe, rather than the the, the real problems that are out there. No, I think they are the uh, the biggest opportunities. The reason we focused initially on on let's say the more expensive uh, equipment is because the cost of the tech was quite high. Yeah. At the time when we started uh, deploying them, uh, they were costing ten euros a piece. Yeah. So if you put a, if you put a tech of ten euros on a bet of let's say five thousand euros. Nobody will bother about it, but if you yeah. put a tag of ten euros on a on a, on a medicine or a, on a consumable of, of fifty euros, right, nobody is going to buy that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what you but what you see clearly happening right now is that uh, 
these costs are decreasing uh, substantially. And I think, uh, well, I just take a look at what, what Willito is doing in that space. Uh, so it becomes much more attractive to start putting uh, Bluetooth tags or stickers on all kinds of equipment. Say. Uh, so, yes. Okay. Well, maybe this is a good segue to your own foray into these uh, lower cost devices. I, I, I was really um, intrigued when I saw you had um, a, a new uh, tag product. Is it like a printed battery tag or can you tell us a bit about it? Yeah, let me maybe talk a bit about our strategy, what we discovered very early on in the, uh, in the whole uh, Bluetooth uh, saga is that uh, in order to deliver a solution, you have to bring in an, an, an A to Z solution. You have to mm -hmm. the whole uh, the whole ecosystem, which is not uh, easy, especially if you're looking for venture capital, because most VCs they don't like hardware. Eh? That's why they say uh, hardware is, is hard. Yeah? Um, the reason I'm saying that is that we started with one tech uh, that uh, we thought was uh, would uh, fits all sizes of also uh, all problems but unfortunately that was not the case so i think over the last years we probably developed or co-developed maybe 10 different uh, types of um, of tax uh, depending on the use case uh, i will show you three examples i have mm -hmm. one here this is one this is this was at the time the first heat resistant tech uh, in the world it's surviving up to 150 degrees and you will ask me why is that needed well a lot of equipment in hospitals are being sterilized see? so this is 150 degrees centigrade yeah wow that is yeah. we can we can really you can really boil it uh, which is very cool at a certain moment hospitals were coming to us and they asked me okay but we have very small equipment like uh, ear uh, thermometers we have a solution for that so then we developed we are still proud of that uh, world's smallest stack, which is the size of a SIM card. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. It has a limited Amazing. battery lifetime. Uh, and this, the funny thing is the battery that's being used there is the same battery that's in an ear hearing device. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's a very small tech. And at a certain moment, yeah, they were coming to us. Can you help us with a tech for tracking uh, tablets and laptops and also more expensive uh yeah, medical devices like um, uh, stents, uh, etc. And therefore, we developed uh, these uh, battery-powered uh, stickers. Very nice. And we are quite yeah. proud of it. So uh, let, let me just open it. So it has yeah, a, yeah. Uh, flexible electronics there. So the top you see, in fact, the whole Bluetooth board uh, yeah. antenna. And the rest is, uh, is a paper battery. Uh, and it should last uh, three to five years. It's still, we still have to to test it. Yeah, amazing. And the, and what sort of uh, duty cycle? How often is it broadcasting? If you're going to get to that three to five yeah. years. So what I always say to clients is, hey, what is the use case, uh, and then try to find the ideal uh, uh, advertising frequency. Eh? Like for mm -hmm. uh, if you want to find a pump or something like that. You want to know where it is right now. So with the standard tax, we normally advertise every five to 10 seconds. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which is maybe also overkill. 
with the uh, very tiny tech uh, that I showed you. Because mm -hmm. of battery lifetime, uh, we had to uh, decrease the advertising frequency to every three minutes. Yeah. And this gives us a battery lifetime of about three years. Uh, with a with a sticker tag, uh, there we are broadcasting every one minute, and it should last up to, well, we think, three to five years. Minimum three, yeah. maybe five. And, and what kind of ballpark price are you talking about for something... For, for well, for all of them, it's kind of interesting. Yeah. yeah. The the thing is, uh, we we you we don't are, sell tags, do you? You sell no, services. Ah, uh, yeah. I should have been. I should have uh, paid attention the first time I interviewed you. <laughs> but the the list price of a tag. Let's say if you want to buy one, uh, just one, and we don't talk about any volume discounts, etc. Right, uh, like the sticker tag and the uh, the tiny tag, as we call it, it's around seven point five uh, euros. Mm -hmm. uh, but we are now talking to clients uh, where uh, right, the price is very important, and we think uh, we can bring it down to one point five euros. Mm -hmm. And uh, the goal is really to to bring it down the coming years to to less than a euro. Yeah. Because Think that's that's going to be the sweet spot if you really want to mass enter mass uh, volume. I agree. I agree. For a printed battery uh, tag, that nah, that really gets people's attention and will open up the use case. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Well, it's funny. People, um, I think sometimes people are a bit puzzled. They know that I have a day job. I work for Williot and Williot is in the battery-free Bluetooth business. So... Why are you doing a podcast where you're helping people promote RFID and uh, other Bluetooth tags and ultra wideband? But, you know, I, I really, you know, my belief is that we're all working on building a, a category uh, that uh, it's really not about market share. It's about um, building momentum. Um, and uh, th there's, I also feel very kind of confident in the niche that we're in. But, you know, I'm, I, I believe that you have to have the right tool for the right job. And it's companies like yours that bring, you don't just arrive with a hammer, you have a tool chest and you're pulling all these things together and using the right tool for the right thing and building out complete solutions. That's not what um, my employer does. They, uh, it's a platform and we kind of are very focused on this like, uh, you know, uh, sub 10 cents category and you don't, that 
tag is amazing, but it's not going to do everything. It's not going to do uh, all the things that uh, that you've described. So I think it's really important that we have this. And actually, uh, I know I'm starting to talk about me, so I'll, I'll try and keep it short. But we've actually decided to build a database to resurrect a database that um, uh, later on in this conversation, you're going to bring up the subject of the book that brought us together. I wrote the book on Beacon Technologies. You uh, read it, and then we uh, started uh, 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 dining and collaborating together. Um, but uh, when that Beacon Technologies book was written, I, I was conscious it was going to be out of date immediately. So I'm like, well, what can we do to uh, future-proof it? And so I started with a really clunky database, and then I was uh, I was the advisor for another company, and they took it on and scaled it, and then they kind of lost interest in it. So uh, we've decided at Williot to resurrect this uh, the Mr. Beacon uh, directory of uh, of Bluetooth uh, beacon technologies, ambient IoT technologies, and and the Internet of Expensive Things uh, Bluetooth technologies. So hopefully, in the next um, by the end of the year. Uh, you'll be able to come to the the basics part of our website and just do a search and find battery powered uh, devices, all sorts of things. So I'm hoping that you're gonna um, do the do me a favor and fill in the details of all of your uh, products so that when people come to uh, search, they'll they'll find it. And again, it's it's about building the category and uh, sharing the information. So. That's coming soon to uh, to a website near you. Um, let's so let's get back to your um, your business, Jerry. And um, you know what uh, what are the the things that you think we need to do to scale um, the um, the healthcare uh, applications? Because it it seems to me like you're doing all the right things. What are the challenges? Is it that um, you know, things are made on a hospital by by hospital hospital basis. Are you are you seeing real scale across networks of hospitals, or what what are the the biggest challenges, and and what do you think needs to happen to to have this market really scale? Um, yeah, first of all, dealing with hospitals that's that's not an easy an easy job because they have very long. Uh, like from contact to contract uh, uh, sales cycles, it can easily take uh, 12 to 18 months. This being said, we also had hospitals where we closed the deal in less than a week. Yeah, um, but I think it's uh, it's our duty, and when I say our duty, it's not only my, but it's the, the duty of the community to really educate the market uh, much more about the savings that can be made. Because too often they think it's only a gimmick. Eh? And yeah. we have done several ROE studies. We actually did a study last week with a hospital where uh, these were their figures, uh, where it was being shown internally that after three years of using our solution, their savings were over 500K um, after deducting our, our costs, so the net, the, the net profit being made. So I think that's something that the community really has to, to focus on. To show guys there are real savings uh, to be made here it's not blah 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 so that's a, a first uh, challenge um, the second thing is that uh, when i look at the vendors there has to come far more 
interoperability. Okay? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Bluetooth is a standard. It's amazing that some of the major vendors, they still think that iBeacon and Edis tool mm-hmm. uh, are the right tools or technologies for uh, IoT. Okay? Uh, you know, these were developed for something completely else, okay? for, mm-hmm. for advertising purposes, totally not suited for uh, IoT purposes. But then you have these major vendors, they only support that in the access point and not standard Bluetooth technology. And for me, that's something, guys, uh, please follow uh, what the market is asking. So that's also something that needs to happen. And again, something that we as a community have really to push towards these vendors to convince them that they should start supporting this uh, standard Bluetooth technology. So I'm a bit confused. So you're saying um, standardize on Bluetooth but don't, the, it's not about iBeacon, which was all about kind of location, uh, not asset tracking. And uh, and you're saying Eddystone isn't the answer either. What What is the, so yes, Bluetooth, I get that. What else should uh, um, beacon manufacturers be, be doing to make life easier? Well, you have uh, large manufacturers. I'm not going to name to name, uh, to put names forward here because that's not not so important. Mm-hmm. But their access points only support standard iBeacon and uh, Edistone formats. Yeah. Oh, I see. Okay, I which get means it. Okay, if you then put a tag on an asset which uh, broadcasts iBeacon, you can perfectly follow it throughout the hospital. Yeah, but the tag has other sensor information. Forget it. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe you can solve it by using the minor and the and the major, but I, <laughs> these protocols are never are never used uh, for these kind of, of things. And yes, we have that's true. We have something like, guys, there is, a, there is a Bluetooth standard there where you have the, the advertising part of a message that you can encrypt, where you can put a lot of sensor data in. Please start supporting that. Eh? Yeah. So basically a bit more flexibility and openness because the reality is very few... So everyone supports iBeacon, but very few people have just iBeacon. They have iBeacon as part of a, a cocktail of data that's sent by their tags or their beacons. Um, they have more sensing information. Uh, iBeacon's not encrypted, so they probably want some encryption. And so you just need a bit more flexibility. And so it sounds like your uh, ask is for the infrastructure owners um, and I think it's in their interest to do that, to just be a bit more flexible about the formats that they enable through, because they they have a lot to gain by managing all these uh, these devices. That's good. That's good feedback. I'm wondering if maybe there's some work that the Bluetooth SIG could do to uh, help that, because you know the the, the Bluetooth standard as uh, is is kind of uh, very. Uh, simple in terms of what it uh, specifies, uh, but maybe there's some a bit more detail that could be added to to embrace more uh, more modern requirements, or or maybe it's not that. Maybe it's just the infrastructure folks need to be more more flexible. Yeah, I think the infrastructure folks should uh, follow what what the market is asking. Yeah, and then the third uh, the, the third challenge is that. We are talking to a lot of pharmaceutical companies and medical device companies, etc. And you know the consignment challenges. Uh, yes. 
that they only can start invoicing a hospital the moment a, a good has, has been consumed. Um, also, there, there is some standardization needed because, as an example, and I'm just giving some names out of the blue, suppose tomorrow I do a deal with, uh, with Pfizer and mm-hmm. they want to deploy our solution across several hospitals to track consignment inventory. And then you have another company uh, like Boston Scientific and they say, no, we want to have another solution. This is never going to work. So we need a kind of a, a trusted uh, party in the middle there um, so that every hospital has a, has, a, has a platform in place that everybody can use and that they don't have to be afraid that the data is going to be shared with, uh, with their competitors. Um, yes. Well, it, we are not... We are not going to solve that. Eh? I, I think there has to be a kind of a, a DNS agency or uh, whatever you, 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 you may call it, a central orchestration platform that, that takes care of these kind of things. And maybe that's also something that needs to come from the vendors that say, okay, you, you know, we are going to, to, to build this interoperability so that tomorrow if Pfizer wants to work with, with us and, and Medtronic with another one, that the same infrastructure can be used. Yeah, that's really interesting. Uh, and yeah, I was going to ask you, because we started this conversation about downstream applications, you know, the the, uh, the end uh, consumer almost of the um, devices. But I think, you know, you see the real scale upstream at, at the companies that make the pharmaceuticals, the supplies, the auto injectors, uh, all of those things. That's where you get into the billionth of, uh, of things. But you know what we've seen is it's challenging for them um, because the, they're looking at a very fragmented set of uh, different hospitals using different technologies, and so that fragmentation is holding up, joining it all all, all up. I, I'm not sure whether that's something that you see. Uh, it seems like it probably is. I spoke the other day to to a company. They are shipping over 100 million packages a year, yeah, to 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 hospitals. And they say, yeah, if there was a kind of a standard, we would immediately put on everything we ship uh, a Bluetooth sticker, or it can be Williot, whatever. It doesn't matter. Eh? But they say, no, we have to find solutions that if this some uh, company I mean this hospital supports it's okay then only that company we're going to send packages that has stickers so something needs to happen there yeah uh, and this yeah. is all going to happen if the big boys sit together and say okay let's let's uh, let's create a standard for on interoperability that everybody can adapt and that's going to be then then I think we are going to enter mass uh, mass uh, volumes yeah, I, I'm optimistic about that. I, you know, we're starting to see really significant volumes, and you know, this the kind of thing that you're describing um, only happens when the business is big enough to warrant the giants actually taking the time out to do it. Uh, and uh, based on what we're seeing on our pipeline, then we're starting to get to to that scale. So I don't think it's going to happen overnight, but uh, I, I believe the next. Three years will be really interesting. We'll start scaling to billions of Bluetooth uh, tags, tens, maybe even hundreds of billions of Bluetooth tags. And at that point, then I think um, it will just be self-interest to start to 
build out more of the interoperability that you're describing. You you touched on the consignment use case, and I didn't do my interviewer's job. I should have stopped you and asked you to explain that because I think it's a, actually a really powerful one. Um, but can you explain what the consignment use case is? Because uh, I think it's one that can scale, uh, and it's one that I think we want people to focus on because there's a really good ROI. But what what is it? It's a fantastic use case, and I was really amazed when uh, we are we are doing one together with a very large pharmaceutical or medical device company. I'm not allowed to 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 mention names, but I was really amazed when I when they gave me the figures about the, the loss uh, they are making. Uh, per year. So, in a nutshell, what's consignment? Suppose you're a, you're a supplier of, let's say, pacemakers, just to give an example, yeah. Uh, but it can also be more well, uh, other products that are more mass uh, mass volume products. But let's take as an example the um, the pacemakers. Eh? Um, as the manufacturer, we put it in 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 the hospital, and it's uh, the inventory. Uh, it, it can only be invoiced by the manufacturer the moment the hospital has consumed uh, the device so that it has been used as an implant uh, for, for a patient. And that's where the problem starts because hospitals uh, forget to report. Um, sometimes they take older equipment that's already expired, or sorry, they take the newer equi equipment instead of the older equipment that's soon going to be expired. Uh, then the sales representatives of the pacemaker company, they have to visit every hospital now and then uh, to check uh, the invent inventory to see if everything has been invoiced correctly, if they need to re resupply uh, the stock, uh, etc. Uh, you will ask, of course, but Jerry, with all the modern, modern tools like uh, SAP and uh, name it, this is all fully automated. Believe it or not, some hospitals are still faxing. Uh, I have one of my... My son is working at Blyot. He, he never saw a fax. So <laughs> just uh, amazing. So when by by putting, for instance, uh, let's say you have a, a, an area, a storage area in a hospital where you have all these pacemakers, by putting a Bluetooth tag on it, uh, you can know exactly what's, uh, what's there. The moment the package is being opened, you can send another notification message uh, that uh, the good is being consumed. And the moment it's no longer visible because yeah, it's no longer pinging, uh, then you can send a notification, okay, now you can invoice uh, the item. And it gives uh, these big manufacturers real-time visibility about uh, what's everywhere. And it also reduces waste uh, because then they know they can say to the hospital, hey, wait a moment, you're consuming a, a, a product, a newer product, but you have another product on the shelf that's soon to be expired. Please take take that one first. And uh, we, are, we are doing an, uh, a test with one big medical device company, as I, as I just said. They are losing tens of millions of euros uh, only in Europe, only for a very specific uh, product. And... Um, we are not going to build a 100% uh, LS solution that I will solve the problem completely. But I think that probably 80 to 90% of these costs can be avoided by, by implementing this kind of Bluetooth consignment stock uh, technology. 
I agree. I think it's an amazing use case, and there's so much ROI there. It's uh, you know faster invoicing, so you can really, if you're a CFO, you can look at getting that real-time trigger of consumption. You can do all sorts of financial engineering around it, uh, whether you, especially if you're a wholesaler or an OEM uh, a manufacturer of equipment. And I think you you, re, you reduce shrink, um, and as you say, you can. Uh, Make sure there's a, a FIFO, and you get the kind of analytics that demand signals. So uh, you can pre-kit the replenishment, uh, so uh, less visits from with smaller vehicles with smaller amounts of inventory to do the replenishment. So I, I think you've really hit um, that particular nail That's on the, the head, and it's the, a great one to focus on. I have to tell you a funny story. So when I was looking at the, the figures. There was also a line there which was uh, lost uh, trunk inventory. So, and I was asking, what's what's this meaning, uh, lost trunk inventory? That's really inventory in the trunk of the sales reps that they don't know when it is and when it's when, when it's lost. Yeah. So they have they have zero visibility. The moment it leaves their uh, distribution centers, they have zero di- visibility about what's happening. Well. That visibility in vehicles, I think, is a really hot use case. Uh, we're seeing it um, with, and I didn't expect it to happen so quickly, but putting Bluetooth readers in refrigerated containers, delivery vehicles, and seeing what goes in. Did it go into the right vehicle? Um, is it being kept at the right temperature if it's temperature sensitive? Um, and when did it leave that? Uh, and just looking at the utilization, is the vehicle full? Is it empty? Those are all things. We did a demonstration at grocery shop. We had an Uber driver and we used the Uber driver's phone um, and we put half a dozen tags in their vehicle and we had a little GoPro camera and they were driving around Las Vegas. And so you could see the heat map in the car. It was amazing. Uh, the difference in temperature from the front of the car to the back of the car and there's just something about seeing this vehicle moving around and knowing what was in it. I think it's, you know, in a few years' time, people were like, I can't believe we were doing this blindfolded. With the, we were running this supply chain with the lights out. And uh, so I think that's a use case that will be powerful for, for lots of different vendors with lots of different technologies. But tracking things in transit, it used to be about where is the delivery vehicle? You know, we don't know where our delivery vehicles are. That was like step one. Now it's about what's in the delivery uh, vehicle. And to, back to consignment, what's in the, the case that's used to, uh, um, uh, the cupboard or the case, uh, the filing cabinet that's used uh, for that consignment process. So. Very good. So Jerry, um, I, it's been great to get this update. Is there anything else that you want to cover before we sign off? But I, I think we've uh, touched on some really good use cases, got an update on your uh, 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 new Beacon uh, products. Um, any last words? Yeah, a question for you. What do you think about Hubble networks? I have not heard of them. No, I'm, I'm ignorant on it. What t- Tell us about them. Uh, it's a US company. Uh, they just raised uh, $20 million dollars. And they claim to have soon uh, Bluetooth satellites that can receive uh, Bluetooth signals into space, uh, in space. Oh my goodness! Maybe it's an idea to to invite them also on your uh, on your podcast. I'm going to check it out. It sounds amazing. I 
can't imagine how it works, but I'm sure they'd love to tell us. So I appreciate the, the I appreciate it. And yeah, if anyone knows of anyone that we should get on the podcast, then uh, I'm, I'm really open to ideas, but that's a great suggestion. So Jerry, obviously you've been on the podcast before you chose your three songs. People can go back to, I think it was like February, 2022 to see what they are. So uh, I was, you know, one of my favorite movies is In Bruges and you went to college in Bruges. Um, I don't think you were in the movie, but what, what was that like? What was your, what were your college days like there? Was it a great place to study? Did you study? Yeah, I tried to study. Yeah, uh, it was a great place to study because it's a fantastic city. The only problem is you have a lot of bars. So after school, sometimes instead of going to the uh, study room, we entered with a couple of friends in, in bars uh, to to hunt for the pretty ladies. And at a certain moment, I met my wife. Uh, so oh, wonderful! I met her when we were eighteen, and we were still together. So it was a good hunting season in in Bruch. I can't think of a more beautiful place to uh, to uh, find your feet. Um, so, um, what did you study in college? Uh, actually, I did first uh, Latin, Latin Greece. So, uh, don't ask me any Latin words because it's too too long ago. But it's a good basis to learn other languages then to think a bit logical, as I would say. Yeah. Uh, and afterwards, I did uh, industrial engineering. Uh, at least I started because then something happened, which was called uh, the internet. And I started one of the first uh, internet providers in, in Belgium. And my parents did and that be because they were asking, what are you now doing? Hey, instead of continuing your studies, you're crazy. Uh, but probably it was one of the best decisions I made. Uh, so I was a school, I was a school dropout. <laughs> Interesting. So did you finish your college or between your meeting your wife and starting the internet startup, then you, no. you, you joined that legion of uh, Steve Jobs, Bill Gates, all those other. Yeah, I was 22, 22 when I started my first uh, company. It was really the early days of, uh, of internet. So uh, <laughs> to give you an idea, we had the first internet line to May East, which was then one of the yeah, the hearts of the internet based in, in the US. And we had one sixty four K line which came via Finland, via Telecom Finland. Mm -hmm. And we had our analog models where people had to dial in. Uh, it's amazing how this how this changed. I, re I remember it well. Um yeah. It's hard to imagine a world without the internet and it's hard to imagine stepping into that world via a squeaky line that was so slow and text-based browsers and all that sort of thing. So um, when did you know that you were uh, going to be a serial entrepreneur? Was 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 that the moment or were you... Uh, personally, I was selling Cadbury's cream eggs to my um, classmates when I was in uh, uh, early high school. I think that was the, the tell uh, for me. But what about you? When did you know you were going to be an entrepreneur? Oh, I, I think it was purely by accident. You saw an opportunity. Uh, you, you thought you had a, the the solution to the problem, mm -hmm. and you like to 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 build a solution. So that's how you start a business. And after a while, you get bored because yeah, it's working. Uh, that is the challenge. And then you were looking for something new. Then the next thing I think I did was uh, there was something coming like uh, 
voice calling via the internet. Mm-hmm. So we built on a company that did one of the first uh, internet telephony applications. But also there, once it was working, uh, for me, the fun was gone. So up to the next uh, yeah, company or startup. So you you like spotting trends and creating new things. It seems that's the that's the yeah. your uh, modus operandi. Yes, one of the companies I started, uh, the name actually was uh, New Things. All right, yeah. <laughs> very good. Well, um, you've been uh, you've been one of the early pioneers in, in ambient IoT. So hopefully we can. Uh, harness that uh, uh, that approach and that success to build this category that we all work in. Very good, Jerry. Well, um, thanks very much for being on the podcast for a second time. It's been, it's been great to have you here. Very happy to be back here, Steve. Always a pleasure to talk to you. And as probably you, you, you remember very well, but I entered this space after I read one of your books. Uh, I had actually forgotten that the, the so there's a few people that read, actually a decent number of people that read the uh, Beacon Technologies, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Beaker System, but that always warms my heart and it's the most sincere uh, compliment that anyone can uh, can give. We all like to be listened to and uh, the only thing better than that is being read. So uh, thanks, Jerry. I really appreciate it. So that was my conversation with, with Jerry. He's... Uh, a great guy to work with, a great guy to uh, have a meal with as well. And I think there's a lot to learn there. Uh, I want to thank you for uh, sticking with us through to the end of the conversation. Um, that makes you special in my book. Uh, we live in a world where everyone's like just snacking on things and listening for a few seconds. So you have an attention span or maybe you just fell asleep and you woke up at the end. But either way, we're glad that you are with us. Uh, I invite you to join us again next uh, week. I'm hoping to have uh, a guest from IBM on who are doing some really amazing stuff in the Internet of Things, ambient IoT world, as well as my thanks to you. Uh, I want to thank Brooke Ellsworth, who does the uh, social media and helps me with some of the production. And then Aaron Hammock, who does all of the uh, the editing and writes the show notes and uh, and so forth. So until next time, stay safe and uh, be happy. And uh, our hearts go out to uh, everybody that's wrapped up in this uh, conflict in Israel. It's heartbreaking, and uh, we uh, wish everybody every, everybody well. Thank you. 
My name is Matt Wolf. I have the number one YouTube channel in the AI space. I also run futuretools.com and I'm joined by my co-host, Nathan Lands, founder of lore.com. We want to bring you the latest AI news and trends, show you how you can use AI in your business and personal life and help make it super easy for you to understand and execute. We're going to equip you with the knowledge to thrive in this upcoming wave of change.